Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. So today I am going to open up a whole new uh, area of teachings that the ministry team will be bringing you uh, week by week. I want to emphasize our teachings in the four CFO future on the values of the kingdom of God. Last Sunday, I taught on the importance of having, or rather establishing, a personal value system that is based on kingdom values. I did mention to you that in order to have godly priorities, we need to have, first of all, a godly value system. We cannot change our priorities unless we first change our values. In other words, what we value in life, what we esteem, and considered to be of importance. As I've mentioned to you, Jesus said that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, what we treasure in life, what we value in our lives, our hearts are unconsciously and consciously will wrap itself around those values, around what we consider to be of importance. I also say that having a personal value system will give us a structure and will give us purpose by helping us determine what is meaningful and important in our lives. Our values helps us to express who we really are and of course what we stand for. If we are unaware of or become disconnected with our values, we will end up making choices out of impulse or preference or instant gratification rather than acting in faith and love and making responsible decisions based on our value system. I did mention to you also last, uh, last Sunday that the true values that we hold are the ones by which we actually live by. If we claim to value something, yet do the opposite of it, then we actually value something else. So today I want us to look at and study one of the foundational values of the kingdom of God. In the eyes of the Lord, this value is of highly uh, uh, significance and of high importance in the eyes of the Lord. And it is the value of godly relationships. The value of godly relationships. And in order to uh, set the foundation uh, for what I'm going to be sharing with you uh, tonight, we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 12 through to 27. It's quite a longish uh, portion of Scripture, 
but uh, it is vitally important that we read the whole thing so that we can get the full impact of what Paul is saying here concerning relationships in the body of Christ. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Here we go. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one Spirit, and we all share the same Spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. May the Lord bless the reading of his word concerning uh, relationships. Now, if the body of Christ is to function the way God designed it to function, we need to understand the value of godly relationships and, of course, respect our differences within the body of Christ. Paul explains in the above verses we read the need we have for each other and the care we should have for each other if we are to function as the body of Christ. If there is one area that the enemy is attacking vehemently in the body of Christ is in the area of relationships. Because he knows if he can manage to bring division, if he can manage to disrupt and destroy relationships, then he will have the upper hand. 
Now, the glue that holds the body of Christ together are loving relationships that have been brought together by God, and of course, they are held together by mutual honor and respect. Relationships are of high priority, I believe, with God. The scripture emphasizes that over and over again. They carry tremendous value and importance with the Lord. Over and over again in the New Testament, we are given directives how to relate to one another in the body of Christ. God requires that our relationships in the body be in order before we worship or serve Him in an acceptable manner. Jesus said in Matthew 5.23 the following, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Do you see how important relationships are in the eyes of the Lord. In other words, God will not accept any worship, any offering from us, if our relationships are not in order. Never mind you having ought against your brother, but the scripture says, if you know that your brother has something against you, then drop everything and go and talk to your brother. Be reconciled with your brother. Uh, deal with the issues, not with the relationship. Sort the relationship out, and then come and offer your gift or your worship, and it will be accepted by the Lord, and the Lord will bless it. Every relationship we have in the Lord is a precious gift given to us from God and it needs to be managed properly and invested into. I look at the beautiful relationships that I have in this family. Some of them are over 30 years old. I see your faces. I thank God every day for you, because you are a precious gift sent to this family, and I thank God for each and every one of you. So much time very often, and resources are invested into things that carry no real value or weight in the light of eternity. I believe that all of us from time to time need to reevaluate our priorities. We spoke a lot about priorities and begin to invest our time, our energy, our prayer, our resources into those things which carry true value with God. Jesus said, where our treasure is, there will our hearts be. If we treasure relationships, our hearts will wrap itself around our relationships and lovingly invest and treat our relationships with honor, with respect, with kindness, and with gentleness. In other words, based on the Lord's words, 
And we said that we've said this several times last Sunday. What we treasure and value in life, our hearts will wrap themselves around those very things. If we value and treasure earthly or material things, our hearts will wrap themselves around earthly things. But if we value things of the Spirit, our hearts and pursuit in life will be towards spiritual things. That's why scripture says, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. In other words, pursue, wrap your heart and your devotion and your mind around, around those things that carry eternal weight and eternal value. If relationships are of high value and priority with God, what do you think we should be doing? And where should we be investing into? Good question, wouldn't you say? Well, there are different kinds of relationships. Not all relationships are the same, nor do they carry the same importance or value. My relationship with the Lord Jesus, of course, is far more important than any other relationship in my life, including that of my spouse and my children and every other relationship. Investing in my relationship with the Lord by spending quality time with Him in prayer and in fellowship with His Word is never a waste of time. This is where I receive my daily strength, my encouragement, and, of course, a divine direction from day to day. My purpose is renewed. My life in Him finds purpose and fulfillment when my relationship is in sync or in the right order with the Lord Jesus. Then, of course, family relationships are very important. More important than my work or my ministry relationships. And the same goes with you. If Scripture says, 1 Peter chapter 3 says, if my relationship with my wife is not in order, I will be greatly hindered in the execution of my ministry towards my flock. In fact, Peter says, my prayers will be hindered. Peter says to husbands, husbands live with your wives according to knowledge as being the weaker vessel so that your prayers may not be hindered. I've heard of pastors dying prematurely because they didn't treat the wives right. God judged them. And they left this earth prematurely. Therefore, we need to pay careful attention to those relationships which are important. We need to not only study the subject of relationships, but also learn how to invest in each one of them so that they are maintained and they are strengthened. We need to look after our relationships. We need to value them. And we need to invest in those relationships because they are important. It's not what you know in life, it's who you know. <laughs> and I'm sure you've heard that. Relationships will take you into places that nothing else will. Will give you entrance into places that nothing else will. This is what relationships will do. 
So relationships can be a source of great joy and fulfillment, but they can also be a source of great pain if we don't know how to relate to one another or how to manage those relationships that have been given to us uh, from the Lord. The heart of Christianity, this is what the Bible teaches, is all about relationships. Relationship with God the Father, with our Lord Jesus Christ, and of course with the Holy Spirit, and with one another. Our harmonious relationship with each other, I believe, are the foundations upon which Christ builds his church. And through those relationships extends the influence of the kingdom of God. I can have influence in the kingdom through my relationship with you. Next week I'm going to Zimbabwe, or rather this coming week. Why? Because I have precious relationships over there. They are my spiritual family. I value them. So I go to visit them. I've been wanting to go there for, for a long time, but I couldn't because of COVID restrictions. I look forward to meeting my family in Zimbabwe. they part of the same body. And I have great respect for each and every one of those relationships. And some of them go back many years. Why do I go to the United States? I don't go for ministry. I go there because I have wonderful relationships with people that I have walked with for many years. That's why I go. And as long as I have those relationships, I will always be going back until the day I die. Why do I visit Cyprus? Because I have wonderful friends and relationships that I have built over many years of visiting my brethren and pastors and churches in that country. You see, relationships determine how we live our life and how we spend our time here on earth. So, without the strength of these relationships, there is nothing to build on. Listen to this verse of Scripture that is really profound when we are speaking about relationships. Psalm 11 verse 3 says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If our relationships are damaged and destroyed, I ask the question, what can Jesus do? Absolutely nothing. Not even God can do anything. Why? because they are the foundation upon which Christ builds his church, strengthens his church. If you were the devil and you wanted to stop the work of the Lord, what would you attack first? What would your focus of attack be? What would your strategy be? Attack and destroy the relationships and cause major offenses using our own carnality and selfishness and weakness? 
The devil takes advantage of that. And listen, being in the ministry for so many years, and throughout the years of my ministry in this city and elsewhere, I have witnessed relationships which were brought together, I believe, by God himself. And these relationships held great dreams from God. I've seen them destroyed by the enemy. And the destiny was severed of those relations. You see, when God brings us together, there is a purpose. There is a destiny for that relationship that God brought together. Each one of us is unique. And when God joins you to a body, there is a divine destiny and purpose. Dreams that need to be accomplished. Hopes that need to be uh, accomplished. And I've seen those wonderful relationships be destroyed and be torn apart. And this brings great sadness to the Spirit of God. And of course, great pain to us as well. Again and again, I have watched the devil using our own shortcomings, our own weaknesses of the flesh, cause major and great offense, which led to the breakdown of these relationships. That's why one of the fundamental values of the kingdom is forgiveness. We need to learn how to forgive, to let go. We need to learn how to bear with one another, how to walk the road with one another, how to suffer long with one another, because we all imperfect people and we all stumble and we fail. We do the wrong things at times. We say the wrong thing. That's why we should never really take it so seriously and personally that we become offended and we withdraw. Because once you become offended, you fell into the trap of the enemy. And then your heart closes. And no matter what is preached, what is communicated, you won't receive anything. Because you've picked up an offense. Now, there is a way to stop this devastation in our relationships. And the New Testament gives us precise directions how to guard and protect these relationships from these attacks. I have counted, there are 58 references in the New Testament in relationship to how we should treat and walk towards each other. Hello, 58 references. Love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, forgive one another. Do not neglect the coming together of one another. Or 58 references that refer and gives us directives in regard to relationships. How do invest? How can you and I invest into these relationships? I believe the way we relate to one another, the way we respect and honor one another, the way we serve one another, love one another, will end up build a very strong hedge, an invisible hedge around our fellowship, which will protect us and, of course, our children from the enemy's devices. 
not only we will be covered and protected by the Lord, but we will also create an atmosphere of love and unity amongst us, which will draw and attract people to our fellowship. Today in our local church this morning, a brand new couple visited our church that have moved uh, from Durban to Cape Town. I went to greet them and I, I talked to them a little bit. And the wife said to me, wow, we received such a warm welcome as we entered this place. And it was such a, such a joy, I mean, to hear, what a blessing to hear this new couple say that. They received such a warm welcome. After the service, they came up to me. They thanked me for the service, for the ministry of the Word. And I said, Pastor, we'll definitely be back next week. I mean, there is an atmosphere that is created. Uh, it's an invisible atmosphere, but people feel it. If they are welcomed in a place, they will know it. If, if they're not welcomed, they will also pick it up. And so... When we, when we walk with the Lord and with one another as we should, we create such an atmosphere of love and unity. Stephen spoke quite a lot in his Thursday evening Bible study about the unity of the Philippian church and how Paul encouraged them, urged them to, to be united, to, to be of the same mind and of the same thought uh, and to and to deal with the differences within the church because we create an atmosphere amongst us which will draw and attract people to our fellowship. They will come because they will find love, refuge, acceptance amongst us. And the very thing that will transform, I believe, our family, our churches, and even our city is a radical demonstration of the love of God. Jesus said, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That is the one mark of a disciple. Not by your knowledge, but by the love you demonstrate, practical love towards one another. When people come in contact with that kind of love, I tell you this, they will change. The Bible says that it is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Are you still with me? Give me a sign. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, commitment to Christ extends also to his body. We need to understand that Jesus is not decapitated. The head and the body are one. We need to understand that our commitment to the Lord Jesus extends also to his body. We cannot be committed to the Lord and not to his body. John the Apostle says, I cannot say I love God but hate my brother. 1 John 4.20 says, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? 
And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So walking with the Lord in this life requires that we also walk with those whom God has joined us to. Walking with those whom God joined us to is not that easy. <laughs> and you know it. You know it from experience. Why? Because we are not perfect. Like the Lord is, it's easy to walk with the Lord because he's perfect. It's not that easy to walk with your brother or sister, especially with those that you are around all the time. Why? Because we're full of imperfections. And we tend to focus on the negative rather than see the good in each other. We're full of failures, shortcomings. So living life with our brethren will often hurt us, will often disappoint us, will often humble us. But if we stick with them, and that's the key, <laughs> if we stick with them, Christ will teach us how to be patient, how to be long-suffering, and how to learn to forgive. Amen? Walking away is not the answer. It's not the solution. And I pray that this we will bring it into, if, if we have such an attitude in marriage, there will never be a divorce. We will work things out no matter what. We will learn to be patient, long-suffering. And if there's one place that we need to exercise this is in our very home. Hello. <laughs> Most people, I, I found that, are afraid of commitment. The fear of being hurt, the fear of being controlled or abused becomes a major factor in keeping everyone at a distance. And that is not God's best. That is not God's will. We are a community of people that have been brought together by God for a specific purpose. All of us, I believe, have been deeply hurt by people and especially people we have trusted and loved. That's life. That's life, folks. There are no guarantees that you will not be hurt again. So unless we overcome this fear of being hurt again, we cannot fully experience the blessing and the joy that godly relationships bring into our very lives. I have learned that I'm not alone in this walk. I have relationships that I can depend upon. And I know they will stick with me through thick and thin. They will suffer with me. They will rejoice with me. They will cry with me. They will laugh with me. And this gives me a sense of security, not only in my relationship with the Lord, but in my relationship with you. Uh, we were having a conversation, sometimes often with Stephen, and says, Dad, this ministry stands on the relationships you have built over the years with people. I've seen and I've watched you how you are around them, and I have gained greater respect for these relationships. And that's what it's all about, folks. It's relationships. I look at your faces. You might be thousands of miles across, 
But you know what? You're very close in my heart. And I know that in your heart, I'm very close. It's what Paul said, you know, I am absent in the body, but yet I am present with you in spirit. Paul wasn't present with all of them. He was far away from them, yet he had such an intimate relationship with all of the people that he related to, that he related with. He said, you're my crown and my joy. And if I'm poured out as a drink offering on the altar and a sacrifice of your faith, I rejoice with you all. And when he talks, you see his heart, you see his spirit, you see the depth he places upon those relationships. You are my partners, he says. You are with me. You stood with me. And, and you, can, you can see how he pours his heart out into those relationships that he has with the people uh, that he ministers to. So we need to overcome this fear of being heard. Otherwise, we will not fully experience what God wants us to experience in relationships. And let me say this. Let me ask you this. When you fall off your horse, if you, if you, if you, if you want to learn how to ride, you get up again. You jump on the horse and you get up. Just because you fell off, you're not going to stop, stop riding. When you have a car accident, you don't sell your car, never drive again and walk around. It's the same thing with relationships. Over the years, and I know uh, some of you can testify to that because you've walked with me. I've been hurt again and again and again by people betrayed and all of that. But I am careful never to close my heart to anyone. Because if I do, I might as well pack up and leave the ministry. I try to keep an open heart. I try to forgive all the time. Forgive. If I know that someone has ought against me, I will go. I will sit down and talk with him. Why? Because I know how important relationships are in the eyes of God. Once we make a commitment, I believe, to walk in love, regardless if others do or not, the Holy Spirit will come to our aid, and I believe He will empower us and enable us to triumph in every circumstance of life. Recognizing those whom the Lord has joined you to, and loving them unconditionally will develop, I believe, Christ-like character in us like nothing else will. And I believe this is what the Lord wants to emphasize this evening to us. To love one another, to care for one another as Christ loves us. Remember what Paul said, Oh, no man anything except to love him. I owe love to each and every one of you, and you owe love to your brother, regardless whether your brother is a Congolese, whether he's South African or Greek or, or Jew or slave or poor or rich. To forgive one another, as God in Christ forgave us, as the word of the Lord says, to be kind, to be tender-hearted, giving mercy and much grace, to one another in the Lord. So I believe we 
we grow and we develop, and we must develop such a heart that embraces all kinds of people, bears with them, understanding where they come from. And I want to, um, to read a couple of verses here of Scripture. Here are some Holy Spirit directives in maintaining strong and healthy relationships. Paul says to the Philippians in chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, Fulfill my joy, be ye like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And then again, Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ's sake, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And all of the things that we've read above are Holy Spirit directives in maintaining, in strengthening, and encouraging our relationships in the body of Christ. There are many, many, many more directives given to us in the New Testament. Uh, that refer to how we should behave, how we should relate. And we need to study them. We need to meditate on them. And we need to spend time in praying uh, for one another and thinking, how can I be a blessing to my brother and to my sister? In giving directions, I'm going to close with this portion of Scripture. Paul addressed the importance of relationships in the body and discerning the Lord's body. Notice what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27 through to 32. He's giving directions when we come together to receive communion. He says, Wherefore, whosoever eats this bread, drinks this cup of the Lord, unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of the cup. For he that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Paul says, for this cause, what cause is he talking about? He says, because of not discerning the Lord's body. In other words, not recognizing who your brother is and what they stand for. And that's why in the mind of God, there are no denominations. If you're born again by the Spirit of God, washed in the blood of Jesus, you are part of the body of Christ, whether you are Orthodox, Catholic, Protestant, uh, Pentecostal, wherever you are. We put labels on these things. We brought division to the church, and it brought great hurt to the heart of God. 
And Jesus' last prayer and desire was, when he prayed to the Father, he said, Lord, that they might be one as you and I are one, that they may be one in us and with us. And I pray for the unity of the church. And we need to invest in that and treat each brother and sister as part and member of the body of Christ. Amen. Are you still with me? Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and I, I, uh, this is part one. And if the Lord prompts and leads me, I will be ministering part two of godly relationships uh, when I'm up in Harare uh, this coming Sunday. And I trust that you've been blessed. And as I've said, each week from now on and until the Lord directs otherwise, we will be bringing one of the values of the kingdom of God. There is the value of generosity, the value of prayer, the value of forgiveness, the value of integrity, uh, the value of humility. And I'm going to have, I'm not going to minister in all those values. Uh, we have a, a rich ministry team, and I believe. Uh, Every, every, uh, each week, one of us will take a slot and minister on kingdom values so that we know and we understand that the kingdom of God has a value system and we build our lives on those values. Remember, the world has a value system, but it's based on carnal desires. But the kingdom of God's value system is based on righteousness, faith, love, patience, meekness, gentleness, kindness, forgiveness, etc., etc. So let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for our time together around the Word. Thank you for these precious relationships that I see on the screen. So many memories, so many blessings, so many adventures, and so many experiences that we've shared together. We broke bread together. We've prayed together. We've cried together. We've rejoiced together. And I want to thank you for those that have been with us for a long, long time and for those that have come recently into this family. I pray that they may find refuge. They may find blessing. They may find ministry. They may find protection and divine wisdom from above. They may grow. They may throw roots in the richness of the soil of the Word of God and the ministry that is being taught through this vehicle. I pray for the families, their children, and the grandchildren. And I pray, Father God, that you would bless and continue to guide this fellowship into greater heights, into greater usefulness, and enable us to extend the boundaries of our influence and territory in Christ, that we may attract the unbeliever, the sinner, the unkind, the rich, and the poor to your kingdom. We thank you for the gifts that you've blessed us with, and we thank you for the rich treasures that we have in these precious and godly relationships. In Jesus' precious and wonderful name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.